Welcome to the Sprint to Profit podcast with Kirsty and Isaac. If you are an Amazon seller looking to grow your business with some of the latest tactics and strategies, along with some great guidance for your overall business, then you are in the right place. So pay attention and if needed, take notes. Let's get started. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Sprint to Profit podcast. It's Kirsty and Isaac here. This podcast was developed by and for Amazon sellers to highlight the very best strategies on how to grow your Amazon business and to get valuable insight from sellers to illustrate the ups and downs of selling on this incredible platform. In this episode, we're actually going to be speaking with a friend and a former member of ours who is an Amazon seller himself and a brand new father, uh, Joe Harwood, all the way from the UK. So thanks for joining us, Joe. And I know, Kirsty, I, 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 you've got a nice little introduction here for Joe. Just kind of explain kind of what he's been able to achieve since uh, we've last talked to him and since we started working with him back in 2015 in China. Yeah, yeah. so we, um, yeah, we met Joe in China. God, it was about four or five years ago now. Um, not literally in, we didn't just bump into him in China. He was actually there for a reason. <laughs> yeah, that would be funny. Um, but yeah, so we've known each other like for the for the last um, five years, I think. Five, yeah, probably about five years now. It was... September, wasn't it? September 2015, somewhere around there. Yeah. Long time ago now. Oof. Yeah, I know. And um, you were already like well on your way. You were, you'd started kind of um, selling on Amazon already, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, you were kind of looking to grow the business, literally, right? And, and kind of, I think you came to one of the masterminds that uh, yep. Isaac had. And so that's how we met. And then we've, we've kind of obviously, you know, worked together. Then we, um, met up again. We were just having a, having a funny story there about the fact that the last time we saw each other was at 2am in the corridor of a hotel that we were both staying at, that we didn't realize we were both staying at because the fire alarm went off. <laughs> we're like, oh, hi. Yeah, fl- fly halfway around the world, not expecting to know anyone. Yeah. <laughs> alarm goes off 2am and there's Kirsty standing at the door. I'm like, right. <laughs> That's okay. That was, that was surreal. <laughs> yeah. So since then, you've also become a father. Mm-hmm. Um, you've also built, you've sold businesses. Mm-hmm. You've got an awesome lifestyle, um, all on the back of just really digging deep and, and getting into this e-commerce business and, you know, what this whole fun journey is all about. So I think, why don't we start with like, you know, how you first started, what made you think about getting into e-commerce and, sure. and what the journey's been yeah. like? Let's go right back to the beginning. I was turned 18. Um, I kind of looked at the jobs market and I realized very early on that working up the corporate ladder or doing that kind of thing and being on a salary for the rest of my life was just, uh, it was not going to cut it for me. That wasn't really my journey. Um, so I, but I, you know, I, I did get a job to try and raise some funds to start a business because I was young and I thought that's what you needed to do. And um, I failed for a long time. Like I went back and forth with different online marketing things, build this email list, funnel this, traffic, you know, all that kind of thing. Had some moderate success as an affiliate, um, but that dropped off. Um, My Facebook ad stopped converting and um, then I went back to zero and back to the drawing board. Very, very long process, nearly gave up multiple times. Eventually saw ASM3, uh, which is amazing selling machine. Of course, I'm selling on Amazon. I, I took a shot with it um, and never looked back. Um, I launched my first product in November 2014. It was just a really good experience. It 
started selling pretty well. Like, you know, it, it wasn't uh, a wildfire ignition, but it was that kind of click like, oh, wow, um, this is real. Like, this is a thing. I can talk to someone in China, get it on a boat, get it to America, put it on this website, and it starts selling. <laughs> like, I was blown away and, and hooked. And yeah, like the, the landscape has changed a bit, but it's still not as fundamentally different as I think a lot of the people out there would kind of make you believe. Mm -hmm. Um, so then, you know, young guy, not really got that much business experience, just started sourcing more products, started building a brand, um, had a reasonably okay brand identity. It was sort of really in your face. Um, Built that to six or seven products. It was kind of limited, unfortunately, because, I, like I said, it was a very specific brand type. So I got to a certain size and was like, okay, I have to sort of transition to a new brand. And at the point, I met uh, met Isaac, and we we went to China and we did a mastermind out there. Um, and I learned a lot a lot about that. Was a really big shift for me because I went from thinking like sort of manager putting out fires in my business, trying to do everything myself to CEO and I started learning about operational structure how to pull in people how to train VAs and I started thinking about processes and optimization and then I started once I started bringing in people my business grew exponentially um, I was able to source more products put more just things out there more stuff got done because I had people doing it for me um, but before that I was you know just charging away trying to take my own Amazon photos and you know <laughs> yeah. like cutting things out on software and tools on the internet just being like what am I doing um, <laughs> I can pay someone to do this like I run a business now yeah. but yeah it was um it was kind of crazy um so I guess we'll we'll sort of fast forward a bit like the, the growth was pretty pretty good like we we hit um our first million pretty rapidly. I think that was 2016. Um, 2017, we were at three. 2018, we did eight. Um, then we, 2019 was when I, I sold the company um, to a buyer in the States. Um, by that point, we had uh, 35 or 40 SKUs, somewhere around that number. There was a lot that happened in that, um, but maybe you want to pick out some kind of areas you want to focus in on and, and we can Yeah, for sure. I mean, about. I think what was interesting as well, what you said at the beginning was that you, uh, you started that journey with, um, I'm not going to do this corporate thing, right? Whereas most people like me <laughs> do the corporate do thing the corporate. and then we're like, I need to get out of this thing. Right. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's quite of an, um, like a cool insight because, mm. um, your, it's like your mindset was, yeah, I'll get the job to fuel the business as opposed to I've got to get the business to get me out of the job. Mm. So if anybody's listening and you're in that position, um, I think it's a very kind of, it's a very different mindset, very different confident, almost like confident position because mm. you're, that's your dream. That's what you're going for. That's your career, if you like, as opposed to someone who's yeah. already had the career trying to get out of it. So I thought that was quite interesting. I'll tell you one thing as well. It makes it so much harder when it doesn't work because yeah. you, you've got people telling you, you shouldn't be doing this. This is not the path. Like, and it sucks when you lose money and it sucks when you're living in your mum's house and you're 26, like, <laughs> you know, like it, I'm 26, actually that's 24, <laughs> but yeah, like 
it is hard, like the, the path of failing. Um, and I've been there and that was a tough part of the journey. Yeah. And it's interesting as well that you said, you know, you obviously got the business and you sold it, but you, you know, Mm -hmm. you got the business to $8 million. Now, anyone who just comes in at that point and goes, oh my God, this guy's under 30 and he's got a business at $8 million. But what they haven't seen is all that failure Mm -hmm. that you did in the beginning that then propelled you to be um, successful on the back end kind of thing. Right. And I think just that, that thing of keeping going, knowing that you can't, it, it is there. You just haven't found the thing that makes it click yet. And mm. it sounds like Amazon was the thing because you tried all the different stuff and it was the Amazon thing but that made it click for you. Yeah. But probably just because you failed all those other times and you knew that there was legs in this thing, right? Yeah. I mean, so I guess the reality was is a lot of the stuff I was doing was kind of fake it till you make it kind of attitude. You know, I was sort of like, here's an online course. I'll try and do that. And like, you know, I, I guess if I truly looked at it, like my heart wasn't in it because like you would talk to your friends and be like, what, what are you doing? I like, I didn't know how to explain to them. Like Amazon is super easy. I'm like, Oh yeah, I, I'm an importer. I, I buy products from China and I sell them on Amazon. Like that's something I'm comfortable in saying and I'm happy and proud of. But like the other stuff I was doing was sort of like, yeah, I'm an affiliate. I send some links here and drive traffic, which is people. I'd like to know. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, sometimes it. Yeah, sometimes it's it's tough. Yeah. yeah, I think I think one of the best parts is that you kind of have this transformational shift of, like you said, going from a manager to a CEO, mm. and yeah, um, you know, we're obviously happy that we we're a part of that journey because most people get stuck in that. They get stuck in the fa- fact that they've, they've never been a boss of, of their own lifestyle or their own thing, right? So they're very comfortable at like delegating tasks to people, but in when it's their own business, they don't have anybody to delegate those tasks to. So they just think, oh, I've got to do all this stuff. Whereas a normal business person, a person who actually has an ex- existing business or even a manager would just find somebody to go do that, right? They'd hire for that because it's not their money. Now, we're not talking like you're not spending $10,000 a month on employees. We're talking, you know, a couple hundred bucks a week usually is, is all it takes to get, you know, the right people in the right places. And, and the fact that, you know, you obviously took that advice and went from, you know, a, a good business to getting over the million dollar hump and then just, you know, soaring from there. I think that's the, the mindset shift that a lot of people if they're honest with themselves, they don't want to make because they think that they have to do it themselves. Otherwise it won't get done. Right. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say, is there anything that you would like to say? It's like, if somebody's like, Hey, you know what? It's my business. I've got to do it myself or it's not going to work out. Like, I, I mean, no, I can't give it to somebody else. I think there's, there's phases that you go through, right? Like there's the grind at the start where you just, unless you've got, you know, a bank account already, filled <laughs> like you got to grind out and do do the work like there's a lot of stuff you're going to have to do yourself i mean if you're not an expert in the area you definitely need to find like a good graphic designer you need a good photographer to, to take great images and like some of the basics if you don't know or english isn't your first language and you can't write good listing copy like there are some things that you just need but yeah like once you shift gears and you've got a bit of momentum under you like adapting to that CA mindset is a big thing mm-hmm. so I was going to say you know obviously you, you had these these issues of you know essentially 
getting a business that's working and, and you had this experience. And one thing a lot of people are afraid of is their past mistakes coming back to haunt them. And I'm sure that when you started this Amazon business, you were probably a little hesitant because it's like, I have failed before. And I'm, you know, this is one of those things, like if this doesn't work, this might be the last straw. Mm -hmm. I might actually have to go get a job. Right. But mm. I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of, um, a passion and drive when you're very uncomfortable like that. Right. Cause it's yeah. your money. You have to make this work. If I mean, it, I, I was already doing backup plans. Like I trained <laughs> trained as an electrician during the time. Um, like I remember b before I bought the Amazon course, like I was sitting on my sofa at 2am just having watched a webinar about selling on Amazon. I stay up late because it was one of those actually live ones, not pre-recorded. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just, uh, then they pitched the ASM thing, like heart racing, like, but you just know when something's going to be the right one for you. And if you get that excitement and that thunder behind you, like you can really run with it. Yeah. Yeah. So I was just going to say, is there like, is there, cause I remember you, you actually shared this story about pressing that button and like almost having a panic attack of right. paying five grand or whatever it was to get the, uh, the yeah, Amazon course for yourself. Crazy. Like, it seems crazy now. Was there like just like certain moments that you look back now and go, man, if I didn't just say yes there or, didn't just push through here mm -hmm. that I wouldn't be where I'm at right now. Yeah. So a big one was, um, a big one right at the start was initially, um, I said I had some good sales at the start, but my ranking was starting to drop. Um, so I had a consultation call with someone and they were like, you've got to redo your images. You've got to do everything better. Like it needs to be better. And like, I was just like, God, I've put so much energy and work into getting to this stage already. Like, and that was a real, like, I was like, I had to redo it. I had to kind of power through and accept that that's just the business world. Like it kind of punches you in the face sometimes. And then you've got to get back up and, and do it again. Cause yeah, like my initial success. And I think, I think had I not updated the content now, I like competition gets tougher on Amazon is like, it's not a sort of depleting market. It always gets more competitive. So you always need to sort of consistently improve. Mm -hmm. I think if I hadn't done that, probably would have seen a sales drop and maybe I wouldn't have continued. I mean, it's crazy to think of, but like at those early stages, like a little change and a little deviation from that belief inside yourself. Like I remember like when I first bought the course, like I was scared, but I was also incredibly confident. Like yeah. there was just something about that moment that I knew like this was the right path and journey. And eventually I managed to, to prove myself right. Yeah. It's funny actually, when you say that, that it's a similar thing to what I had, um, apart from I was working and I was one of those people that got a job right <laughs> for a while, but I had a similar, similar thing. I was trying to find something else and I did lots of different things. And then for some reason, <clears throat> because all those things that I tried, they worked at some level, but they didn't work ultimately for the thing that I wanted to do, which was create a lifestyle where basically I could travel the world and do whatever I wanted. Right. And then Amazon came along and it just made complete, you're right. It was just like a click moment and it makes complete sense. So from that perspective, I think, because it made sense, did you feel like, yeah, that, that's the reason why you wanted to change the listing. That's the reason why you, you were prepared to keep tweaking things, knowing yeah. that oh, definitely. Um, it's going to get you there in the end, right? Yeah, definitely. <clears throat> yeah. 
And I think it's a, it's an interesting thing that you bring up because business life in itself, as we all know, is a journey. Business is definitely a journey just because it works for one person exactly one way. It doesn't mean to say it's going to work exactly the same way. So the strategy is the same, but how you're going to ride that wave is going to be different, right? And so what would you kind of like say to someone who, you know, feels like, so right now, for instance, one of the key problems is that uh, Amazon is restricting inventory, right? Mm-hmm. And we're working with, uh, you know, pe- people that are just starting their business and they see this as a massive hurdle. So as you've kind of like hit those hurdles, what would you kind of say is the, the key thing to get you over those kind of speed bumps or humps or whatever you want to call them? Yeah, sure. Um, so uh, there's always a solution, like we've just started using a 3PL. Uh, I have another Amazon company as well. So I, I sold one, but uh, alongside that, I was building another brand. I was actually partnering with friends and family and stuff who approached me. I was like, wow, you're having this success. And I partnered with uh, four different people and one of them actually like really took off as well. So now we've got an office locally. Um, I'm, the structure is completely different. Like we have... A manager we have six employees now and uh, an office in pakistan yeah well, i think one thing that i you know when when I, I remember you know some of them things coming up and you'd ask us is you know hey just out of your out of your realm of experience what would you do in these certain circumstances i think sure certain things that if you if you have somebody to bounce ideas off of especially if they're working in the same space as you mm-hmm. um, that's a really good way to get over some hurdles but i think inherently within you that's a little bit different than you know even just a little bit of of everybody is that i don't think you ever have the idea that you're failing even if something's not going the way it's just mm. it's an issue that you're going to solve right it's more like yeah. a puzzle than it is a you know just an absolute catastrophic failure yeah good i that that's exactly it and that's kind of a sort of triggered what i was thinking about is that it's a solution driven mindset like it, with the, the inventory, you can send your stuff to a 3PL. They can drip feed it in 200 units at a time. That's what we're doing in our other company at the moment with with new SKUs and stuff that we, we need to get around that issue. Like there's always a way around the problem. Like your listing is not converting enough. You're not ranking. Like you improve the images. You drive more traffic with PPC or you use different ranking strategies to to get yourself to the top. Like there's there's always a solution out there and um, it's about connecting with the right people to find out that solution through Facebook or masterminds or training courses and getting that information into your company and then building the right team around you to, to kind of help you through those barriers. Yeah. And when, you know, in terms of your process, obviously, you know, you started at one end and then you've ended up, you know, really growing a big business, selling it and starting Mm. new businesses so the all encompassing thing that people always think of is product, right? Oh my God, what did he sell? And I'm not going to ask you what you sold. So that's, that's cool. But what kind of factors did you take in, into account when you're actually looking for products that helped you gain so much advantage over your competition and help you grow the business? Mm-hmm. Um, so with both companies that I had, so the one company I had and the one company I have now, we use completely different product sourcing strategies. Um, so my original company, um, we very much focused on, uh, capitalizing on trends. So we looked at things that were happening outside of the Amazon realm, um, 
I can't go into specifics of what they are because of the contract I have with my buyer. Yeah. Um, but basically big events um, and things that had products attached to them, mm-hmm. um, we would try and be the first to market or better than what is in the market. Uh, mm-hmm. Like I found um, with the first time I did this, um, we managed to get on the back of a trend um, that no one was optimizing their listings on Amazon towards this group of keywords. So there was a huge amount of traffic, but very few um, people buying ads for that traffic. So when we found that sort of space, we got really, really cheap ads and we were able to just send a lot of traffic. And like, we didn't have any fancy launch strategies. We had good listings. I wouldn't say they were like, you know, groundbreaking, but they were really solid, high converting listings and good products. Um, and you sort of combine that all together and it they they just ranked because we were sort of one of the first people to kind of get into that space. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was my first company. It was very trends focused. Um, it was quite up and down, but the trends that I was in actually had a reasonable amount of longevity and, and sort of a tail to it. And that's how I was able to kind of exit and sell as well, because we were able to build solid products as well, uh, despite mm-hmm. them being in trending spaces. Um, the second business, um, it's kind of similar, but we, we focus on fundamentals, basically. Um, we have to beat our competition in some aspect. So either... Um, a design feature that is a significant improvement. I'm not talking like, you know, uh, our widgets got uh, a pen and a piece of sticker to go with it because that makes it a little better. Like not, but like has to be fundamentally fixing a problem that the customers have and a better product. Mm-hmm. Um, with with that, like that's probably one of our core things. But again, like just operationally, like if your margin's better than your competitors, if you identify space with cheap PPC, um, that one's huge for us at the moment. Um, Like these are kind of really simple, basic things, but like people on Amazon generally aren't shopping. They don't care if they buy from the guy from China, an American business or, you know, a household brand. Like they generally, if you're buying a 15 to $30 widget, like they generally want the cheapest one that looks like it's going to achieve the function that they need it for. Yeah. Um, so like if you can beat them on fundamentals, then you can win. Like yeah. source well. I love that approach because basically you're, you're identifying not just, okay, what, what kind of stuff can I sell on Amazon? You're mm-hmm. identifying where the gaps are in the Amazon process Mm-hmm. to essentially be competitive, right? And uh, so like you were talking about with uh, PPC, for instance, really understanding the cost of what that potential advertising cost could be mm-hmm. and where it's underutilized versus say someone who goes, I really want to sell this thing because I love it. I think it's awesome, right? And yeah. then you launch it and you're like, oh, the customer only wants to buy it for 10 bucks and but my cost per click on Amazon ads is $3. And so I'm not going to make any money, right? So right. um I love the idea of of picking off the understanding the whole process, but then also then picking off the competitive advantage within that process, not necessarily just the product itself. And then identifying exactly what we, we talk about a lot, you know, 
what is the problem that you're going to solve versus what's the product that I'm going to sell? So mm -hmm. um, that's, I think that's awesome advice for anybody. Not saying, guys, you need to do all of these things, but basically just identifying where you can be different, but understanding what the customer is prepared to pay for it so that you also then make money as well, right? Yeah. And I mean, yeah, like not all of our products meet those criteria. And I'm, I want to be like really clear, like if you find a product that meets all of those criteria, like <laughs> happy days, <laughs> happy days. Right. Um, but seriously though, like I don't think any of the products we launch, um, are 10 out of 10 products. Like we're in the six, six out of seven kind of range. There's never the perfect product and you can spend a lot of time swimming around trying to find the one. Um, and a lot of the time it is about understanding and, and getting the right expectations and making the right decisions around that. It's like we order some products that we only order 300 units for because we've kind of got the system and process on identifying the market spaces like really dialed in. So we know we're going to sell three or five units a day of that product, but we yeah. source it anyway because we've got a really efficient process. Like, but because we we kind of we've been around and we 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 know how to identify those things, um, we then source appropriately. And I, I think that's what a lot of people kind of miss is they sort of dive in and they're like, oh well, Guru John told me I needed to buy five thousand units of this to to make it work. And then, you know, like they can't get to page one or they can't rank here. And like they sort of sat on uh, doing three a day and they've got 4,700 units to get rid of. Like it's, um, yeah. yeah, I don't know. What would you say to someone actually? Because um, what, sometimes when we talk to people and they're, you know, they're, they're looking at different options, right? They're looking for coaching or they might be looking for a done for you service or something like that. But I know there's quite a lot of services out there that say, hey, just launch this product, right? And they'll give you a product to launch. Um, how have you felt that within your business, how products, let's call it product selection, innovation, whatever you mm -hmm. want to call it, is how important is that to you in your business and being successful? Our sourcing and supply chain is fundamental to, to the business. I would say more so than, than any cutting edge ranking strategy. Like we still basically rank products how we've always done i mean the the new addition is is we, we have many chat um yeah. <laughs> and some various things with that um but fundamentally like i mean it it all drifts back to to the basics like if you can source well with good margin and there's cheap ppc like i <laughs> I, I'm. I feel like I'm repeating myself, and and but I think the answer is just the same. Like, it, I guess part of it is having the resilience to like drop those products as well. Like sometimes you get completely attached to a thing, and you're like, yeah, well, we're gonna make you know fifteen percent margin. Maybe that's okay. It's not fifteen percent yeah. margin is so hard to make stuff work at. Like our baseline is thirty percent. We don't like that. We're more comfortable in the 40% range. But that means we go through a lot of products. Like we probably explore, I would say we, we put put maybe five to 10 products into the sourcing process to get one out. Mm -hmm. Like, but you kind of like, well, we feel that, that you kind of have to do that to get 
And, and then eventually you get that email back that's like, yeah, we can do this price and it, it stacks up and then you can go. Like, yeah. Yeah. I think it was Jeff Bezos who said, uh, show me your margin. I'll show you the opportunity. Basically yeah. like you right. let me know how much I got to beat it by and I'll, I'll actually beat it. So like, you know, yeah. a lot of the Amazon stuff out there is a little cheaper than a lot of our products, but people don't necessarily buy that because it's not the, the right listing. They don't talk mm-hmm. to them the right way and all that stuff. But when you're talking about kind of like the value, like you're not creating the 10 out of 10 product. I, I don't think I've actually told you this analogy, but I have this analogy of a golden toilet. I think mm-hmm. you'll like this little story. So, uh, you know, I always say like, you don't have to go out and try to sell golden toilets because it's essentially, you know, you try to make the best version of any product, you're going to outprice yourself from the market and your competitors are going to come in and buy and then your consumers are going to buy from those competitors all day long. Yeah, you might sell one golden toilet to, you know, the richest person in the world who's looking for that golden toilet, but you'd probably be a lot better served if you just sold, you know, the regular porcelain toilets, you know, en masse to everybody. So that way you can actually make this business work and be sustainable for, you know, the masses and solve their problems, yeah. not just the one person who wants the golden toilet. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. And like, there are some situations where positioning allows you to price higher. Mm-hmm. But you have to have the value proposition there to do that. Sometimes that's one, one thing I find a lot, I see a lot on Amazon is... Um, products that naturally fit into a gifting space that are packaged inappropriately. So I think that's one of the things that that is a reasonably solid opportunity it, to to justify a higher price point. I mean, just to be clear, this is not something I do. It's something I've seen that if it was in our business model, I would pursue. Um, but a lot of those gift sets are not packaged well with poor instructions in a sort of, you know, either a blank cardboard box and you like people, people want to buy the thing and give it to someone. Right. Mm -hmm. And they can't, if it comes in a terrible box and you know, it has a Chinese leaflet, that's just this A4 page that no one understands. (laughs) So there, there, I don't want to say like everything I'm saying is like the be all and end all of strategy, but it's bringing the right strategy to the right opportunity and kind of having the the business wherewithal to to spot what that is yeah, yeah. no i think i mean obviously this is this is your journey and these are your strategies but the interesting thing is, is that um, this is exactly, <laughs> I mean, I don't know if you've listened to any of our podcasts, but this is literally, <laughs> <Sorry. laughs> no, <laughs> this is like the fundamentals busy, <laughs> yeah, of pretty much everything that we're talk, we talk about, because I think as you kind of, and I did this myself, right? As you go through and you grow in the business, you feel that you should be doing something else. You feel like you should, there's another thing out mm. there that you haven't currently got yet that you're going to plug into the business that's going to like make this thing crazy. But from what you've just said, it sounds like you focus on the fundamentals of profit margin, your cash flow, being competitive, um, looking at all those costs up front. So understanding, you know, obviously your profit, but then the ongoing costs and how you can be competitive and basically just making sure that you're doing that over and over and over again and that you know when to cull, right? So you know when to get rid of crap so that you're not overspending on that stuff. And then mm-hmm. you've always got a pipeline of innovation that you're, that you're bringing through and just keeping that cycle moving along then with getting the right people in the right places to help you spin the plates, basically. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. That, that puts it all into a nutshell. Awesome. Yep. So guys, you don't need a silver bullet. Yeah. Even if, 
even if Joe's got many chat, you still probably don't even need that either, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's lots of different strategies for ranking, getting initial sales and all that stuff. And ManyChat's just one of those things. It's it's a newer thing that people have been attaching themselves to. But, you know, there's been hurdles along Amazon the entire time of, you know, a thing might switch here. Um, you might be out of stock here. You know, I think almost every one of us has been out of stock in a peak selling period. And we're just like, crap, like I could have made another $30,000, $40,000 this month. Um, so like, do you have any of those experiences where like you hit like some of these major roadblocks or a hurdle and you're just like, you know, this is never going to happen again. And here's how I plan to overcome that later. Yeah, sure. And then it happens again, like yeah. a year and a <laughs> half later. Um, yeah, I mean, honestly, like, I think roadblocks are tough, right? Like, it, we've done it we've we've oversourced we've undersourced we've had to liquidate inventory like it's hurt our margins but you know like that's business at the end of the day that's like you're always gonna make a mistake and i like i'm my attitude is run like i am pushing forward and trying to be at the front of the curve at all times like i accept that products on amazon have some kind of life cycle some power on through we still got products that we launch right at the start of our business that are doing well but a lot of them drop off and die off as well just through like a competitor comes in like we did at some point and they've managed to find a better margin and a better price so you just keep bringing in that flow of products and innovation like you were saying um identifying those new spaces because they always pop up and like people sort of imagine that the opportunity is this kind of static thing, but everybody's going through this. Your competitors are running out of inventory. Oh, there's a gap in that market. Like it is so fluid out there. Like all of a sudden there's an infomercial that's talking about this new thing. Everyone's tapping on their keyboards. Hey, we're looking on this and there's no products on Amazon. Like that's hundreds of thousands of sales that someone's going to scoop up on when they see and realize that opportunity. Um, yeah, it's just all so fluid. Yeah. And um, if there's anyone listening right now who's going to start their Amazon business, you know, if you can cast your mind back to that, to that point again, what advice would you give to someone who was literally about to start? You know, obviously you've had your journey. Would you have done anything differently when you first started out? I probably would have had tried to get some coach or some guidance that's very hands-on, like someone that's going to look at your listings, someone that's going to just sanity check some of your decisions um, because the fear of putting like my first order was around 4,000 USD um, and I had no idea how to put things in a container to get them from China to there. Um, like, you don't know what prices are for shipping. Like, there's a bunch of stuff that you're kind of missing. So, like, yeah, having someone to tap on the shoulder and be like, is this okay? Um, who really knows what they're doing as well, not just a, 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 a guru who's out to, you know, get five grand off you. Um, <laughs> that. That would be a big thing. Um, if you can't do that, uh, a community that you can ask those questions in. I, having um, So 
I joined ASM three. Um, so this isn't something I would do differently, but it's just something I had that I found hugely valuable through Jason Fladlan. I think that's how you pronounce his name. Um, he had a ASM masters Facebook group. Um, just the chat in there, like coming as a novice and having people who have been doing this for a year, year and a half that would, you know, give you huge bullet point answers to your questions. And like, you know, after you sit in there six months and you see the same questions come up and up, like you realize that like these guys are just sort of friendly business owners, like you and I who have done this journey as well and want to share their information. Mm -hmm. Um, They're out there. And if you can find them, chat with them, talk to them and just make sure you're doing the right thing. Yeah. uh, That's it. I think that's pretty good advice because a lot of people, I mean, you don't want to just start a, a business without any experience, without any help, right? It's like you, you're, you're more inclined to be successful if you have other people around you that are going to help you, what, however that looks, especially yeah. if they've got that experience and can give you the, the concepts and step-by-steps and all that good stuff. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, obviously you've, you've been doing this for a while now, um, about six years now. Um, with all the ups and downs, is there like how is how does it feel now being where you are doing what you're doing and and how does your life and how does your business going essentially, you know, in, in terms of like what t- how much time you're putting towards it, sure. you know, what, what are you able to do? Because yeah, yeah, of yeah. Um, so, I sold my company for multiple seven figures. I fully own a nearly million pound house. Um, I've got property investments. I have a stocks portfolio. Like I basically got a lump of cash and then diversified into assets. I'm not like flashy Ferrari kind of dude. Um, <laughs> it was so funny. <laughs> My girlfriend took the piss out of me massively because <laughs> she was like, go on, treat yourself. So I bought a 200 pound fake Rolex from a contact to heaven. Because <laughs> I, I was just like, I was, I'm not like super material, but like I, I felt like him. You know, in some way I needed that a little bit, but I was just not like spending, you know, 10 grand on a watch. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm going to buy a new product. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but no, like um, from that, I have built uh, a security for my family. Um, and that was the goal of the sale of that first company. Um, <clears throat> I probably actually wouldn't have sold that company at the time I did if I hadn't got another successful Amazon brand um, sort of building on the on the sideline. Um, so yeah, um, my life looks, looks pretty nice. Uh, I exited that company, um, over a year ago now. Um, it took about six months to transition out. Uh, that was the contracted period where I had to help the buyer, um, you know, it, with day-to-day running of the business. I actually, um, I still own a percentage of that company. We had a, a sales targets to hit. We hit them and, um, I, I, gained well it i don't technically own it it's a phantom equity contract so if the buyer sells the company i have rights to cash in relation to a percentage of shares so i mean we could get into a whole another conversation about buying and selling companies um yeah. that's something i learned a lot about um life is pretty good um from growing one business where i was very very hands-on um I managed a lot of stuff within that business, despite having a team around me. I, I, I still did a lot of work. Um, the second company, I sort of identified that I didn't want to work as hard as I was. Um, 
So now I spend probably between six to 10 hours running that company. Um, we have a, a, like I said, a full-time office team, um, six people were well, not technically in the office now because COVID stuff. Um, but yeah, uh, I manage that team through a Thursday and Friday meeting. Um, and then we have one off, uh, work to, to do through that. Um, so that's pretty cool. The rest of the time I basically spend with my son at the moment, um, and my partner at home, um, like I said, we, we were doing a bit more stuff before uh, COVID. Um, we had a lot more planned, uh, more trips and so on. Um, but yeah, we've kind of been kind of been on lockdown for the last kind of six, seven, eight months. I can't even remember how long it is now. Yeah. Like you said, right at the start, it feels like five years, right? Mm-hmm. I know, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, but it's fine. Like we're just pretty sorted for money. And that's something I set out to achieve and finally did it when I, when I sold my first company. Do you ever mentally go back and like high five your like 18 year old self? (laughs) (laughs) Gosh, you know, I I never have, I didn't even really celebrate. Like we cracked a bottle of champagne that had on ice for when the, the, the clothes had happened. But like, I mean, it really crystallized when like, uh, so we closed, but the money didn't uh, hit the account for another day. Um, so I sort of spray champagne, Formula One style, um, had a big shout in, in the garden, went back inside and had dinner. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you sell an online business, you kind of expect like a marching band or something, but you know, you just get a couple of emails right? and like, it wasn't even yeah. a phone call. Then next day the money arrives in the account. I'm like, like, yeah. <laughs> jeez. Yeah. Was, uh, Spent- when you spent all that time doing your vision boards and like you know putting right. your bank account yeah, with, yeah, the, with yeah. the money in it and then you're I, like, used oh. to, <laughs> I used to um write like a yearly revenue goal on on my whiteboard at the start of every year um yeah. god that, i think that was huge like just having a number like um we're a bit different in this the new company now we we have like we have a 10-year plan like 10, three and one year plan to sort of really focus what we're doing, like work to a goal and reverse engineer how to get to that goal. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, wow, journey, right? Yeah, (laughs) but it also sounds like you're having fun now as well, right? I mean, not that you weren't before, but I think kind of just having that security as well, but also you've got a 10 year plan. Like it's not, I need to get through this thing and like get it sold again in, t- in two years. And, you know, having that kind of flipping mindset, you're like, Oh, I'm enjoying this journey. I'm enjoying my lifestyle. And yeah, I mean, honestly, I like, I was enjoying it most of the way. Like there were some moments that running an Amazon business was an incredible way. I'm not going to lie. Like if anyone's listening to this and they think, wow like this is going to be easy i'm going to write like it's a business and business is tough sometimes like you have elation you have huge lows like you have a pressure like mm-hmm. i you know when we're doing some you guys know about some of the craziest stuff i've done with with um one off products mm-hmm. um and it, like yeah the pressure with some of those things is kind of nice. yeah especially if, if something is like like a one-day event or it could be like a week event or something like that then everything has to be lined up for that one thing right yep yeah so uh that's a lot of pressure 
Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll just have like one more question and then we'll pretty much wrap up. But nice. um, I do think that essentially your journey is something that, you know, I'll still remember you as that guy that came in late to our workshop with frazzled hair because we had stayed up way too late the night before. And Jimbo. now you're talking about the CEO and yeah. selling for seven, multiple seven figures and running awesome businesses and planning for 10 year plans. And just to see that growth, like me personally, from from you to me, it's it's been and it's 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 great to see that kind of stuff because that's the kind of stuff that makes us keep wanting to do what we do and, and helping everybody kind of get to the place where they want to go. And it's not just like one off people like you that do it. I mean, it happens for more people as long as they have that will and and stuff. But was there really like any resources that you had? I mean, obviously you took ASM, you've gone through a mastermind with us, you you went to a workshop with us, but just was there any specific thing that, you know, helped you get to where you wanted to go? You know, I think one of the fundamental things for the earlier stage of my company that, that helped me grow was finding a good sourcing agent. It's a hard, harder said, uh, easier said than done. Um, but once we had a person on our team in China who could quickly get products and quotes and you know we, we sent out a specification report and they could email us back with supplier quotes in in a rapid amount of time that's when things started to, to kind of take off and then they took ownership of a lot of the shipping a lot of the film you know getting it like basically all i had to think about was the idea and they dealt with the factory and, and getting on a boat which yeah like that was a pretty important thing to have i think i mean like you don't you don't need it at the start like i want to be clear about that like that's not a first step i mean i I guess it could be but it would be kind of difficult to start you know like paying someone a hefty salary to you know like our sourcing agent was well numerated put it that way um but i think that's just sometimes the thing you need for like to you know pay for the quality or whatever um yeah yeah, um, the sourcing agent was was a pretty important thing. Um, yeah, I was going to say, because I always tell people if it wasn't for a sourcing agent, I probably wouldn't do this business because I cannot be bothered to sit there and email back and forth with suppliers for yeah. weeks just to find out the information I want, right? They, they get it within a short amount of time, a week or two, and they'll get you five to 10 quotes or whatever, however many you need. Yeah. And just dealing that back and forth in different time zones is mm-hmm. mind-numbing and slow. And, you know, obviously, like you said, you like to run. So if you're waiting for that stuff and you want to run, it's not fun sitting there just like tapping on your desk. Like, when is this email coming back? When am I getting that quote? Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, cool. Well, thank you very much, Joe. It's great to hear the story. It's great to see the growth. It's, you know, it's good to catch up with you again. Uh, It's been too long. And and once we can actually start traveling again, we'll have to actually meet someone. Yeah, for sure. Um, Yeah. So, uh, you know, it's been awesome to hear the great insights and information. And guys, if you like what you heard today on the show today, please be sure to hit the subscribe button and share our podcast with friends who might get value out of it as well. Also, if you're looking for some free training, head to www.goteamreal.com to see our real Amazon seller training there. And we'll see you guys on the next show. And we wish you the best for you and your business. And bye for now. Don't forget to subscribe. And if you would like to get more information about selling on Amazon, head to goteamreal.com for some absolutely free training.